0: let's go. Hello, people. What's up? Welcome to another episode. It's me, Breed, from Free Youth Breed. And today we've got Ashley on the podcast. She was one of my one-to-one clients. We worked together for 16 weeks. And damn, did she have an insane transformation. That's just like the word that keeps coming to mind. I even say it a few times throughout the podcast. Honestly, Incredible. So many triumphs, obstacles faced, fears faced. It was just amazing. And I was, I feel so honored to have worked with her. She's going to share her story in this episode. We go into topics like the messages she took on from early childhood, her relationship with exercise. You know, she was at times spending three hours a day in the gym for years. Um, her extreme restriction, the extreme binges, and how lifting restriction really does work, her come to Jesus moment, even though she's a Jew, and her telling us just the power of getting help, and there is zero shame in it, and nothing negative will come out of it, only positive things ever come out of getting help when you're stuck so far into this the dark place of binge eating, restricting, body dysmorphia, orthorexia, all the stuff. So she has an amazing energy. You're gonna love this conversation. Before we hop in, two quick things. First, on the note on the topic of one to ones, I have one one to one spot open at the moment. So if you really feel like you just need that individual support, just someone to support, guide you, be your cheerleader all along the way. You've been trying to do it yourself for ages and it's just not working. You are just stuck in this loop and it's just getting more and more frustrating and maybe more extreme. So if you feel like you need that help, pop down to the show notes. I've got a link to my one-to-one application. And listen into this episode, get a better idea of what it's like, what kind of things we work through. And yeah, then make that application. What are you waiting for? Why delay? Why not, as Ashley will say in the podcast, pull that trigger and get help. So that's the one-to-one spot. Last update, Body Love Academy. For those who've been seeing the updates on Instagram, just throwing it here as well. So Body Love Academy, so... so excited about this one because it's been on my mind for over a year. I've wanted to create this course for ages. I did a bunch of market research, a bunch of calls with you guys last week or the week before, and I've really got clear on what exactly you guys need, what it is about your body image, your body acceptance or lack of it, um, and your self-worth that needs help, that needs addressing. So It's coming along and I've planned, the planned launch date is 7th of June. So it's coming around the corner, perfect timing for, you know, maybe for you wherever you are in the world, maybe the restrictions are lifting in terms of COVID and summer's coming along maybe, depending on what hemisphere. And you just want this one to be one to remember. You want to feel free in your body feel relaxed, not be overthinking, not be over-scrutinizing, over-worrying, overthink like all that stuff. You just want to be living your life. So perfect timing, 7th of June. And one more thing, there's a wait list now out and uh, that's in the show notes as well. So pop down to sign up to that after this episode. Getting on that wait list is kind of amazing because you will get three things you will get a 10% discount off the price of Body Love Academy. You will get access. Only people who get this early bird discount, this early bird access will get 2 1-hour office hour sessions so anyone can pop in and ask questions about Body Love Academy as you're moving through the course. So I know with like the 30-day reboot, a lot of people as they move through have a bunch of questions and they they want more depth or more clarity on certain things. So I'm putting this out there for Body Love Academy as an option for people who first join. And you will get access to a bonus module. So there's gonna be 10 modules on the course. You will get an 11th one that people who don't get on the wait list, don't get this early bird access, they won't get that. And this module is kind of the coolest one. It's all about summer and being able to enjoy it in the body you have right now, being able to feel confident relaxed at peace when you go to the beach or in the hotter weather when you might be wanting to wear, you know, shorter clothes, um showing more skin which can be very triggering for a lot of people. So, let's rock this summer. Let's make it literally one to remember after this shitty year we've all had from COVID. So, that's going to be another bonus. So you get the 10%, you get the bonus module and you get the office hour sessions pretty incredible amazing value and all it takes is to sign up to the waitlist there's literally nothing to lose you sign up and then when we launch the course you can decide if you want to jump on in and you'll get all those um bonus offers gifts whatever you want to call it and uh if you don't want to join that's it that's fine so that's the update sitch from me exciting stuff coming along now let's get into this episode Right before we do, one tiny disclaimer. So after I edited this episode, I was chatting with Ashley in our DMs, and she remembered that she may have said one thing wrong, one fact that's incorrect, and she wanted to clear it up. So I didn't want to try to find this one piece in the episode. I just want to say it here on her behalf. I'm reading her DM that she sent me. She said she may have said somewhere in the episode that she had gained 20 pounds while working with me over the 16 weeks and she wanted to clear it up and say it's important to clarify that I allowed my body to gradually gain weight which according to my recent physical at the doctor equals 15 to 20 pounds of weight gain over the last year so it was over a year it wasn't over the 16 weeks and she just wanted to make sure that that message was correct but anyway let's hop into the episode and meet Ashley in three two one Ashley, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. So excited to hop into this chat and for people to hear just how incredibly far you've come. It's absolutely insane. So let's just hop straight in. let us know a little bit about you.
1: Amazing. Well, I am so excited to be doing this, um, and just to share some of my experience through this journey, um, I definitely feel like sharing is so powerful. So, I'm excited. So my name is Ashley. I am 34 years old. Um, I am a mom. I have two young kids, five and three. they They're Crazy as hell. <laughs> two little boys. Um, I live in Florida. Um, I'm married. I have a full-time job. And um, I recently finished my 16-week
0: program with you. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> okay. Before we hop into the the good stuff, let's do a bit of quick fire. People get to know you a bit more. Just loosen things Mm -hmm. up. Okay, favorite color. Favorite color, probably navy blue. Cool. Favorite exercise.
1: Probably as of right now, like anything that involves my shoulders.
0: So like, I love like a good like shoulder press. some is it like the feeling or what is it about the shoulders
1: yeah it's funny because I used to never work out my upper body and just like I would it would like I would just let it be weak and I would just always legs were always easier for me um uh, lifting is kind of like something I've really gotten into these last few years and then I started just kind of working out my upper body more and now
0: I've just gotten a lot stronger and I lift with the guys and I just feel like a badass (laughs) I love that I love that I love like I love a strong shoulder. I just think it looks so badass. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Amazing. Okay. Favorite way to decompress, unwind.
1: For me, it would definitely be going to the beach. There's just something about being by the water. And I'm a Jersey girl born and raised. I lived up North for the first, you know, over 18 years of my life and ended up transferring colleges so I could go to college down South um, something just always drew me like to the water and the warmth and the beach and the ocean breeze. And so anytime that I feel like I need a moment for myself, I just take off my shoes and head to the water. And I'm very blessed that I'm like six minutes from the beach. So.
0: Oh my God. I'm so jealous. (laughs) It's kind of amazing. That is so cool. Is it warm in the sea all year there?
1: in the ocean no no but what I will say is like when family comes to visit or friends come to visit and like it's February and like I would never get in the water because like now I've been down here for like 14 years they'll jump in be like it feels great so I just think that like to maybe to me it's not always that warm but when I have friends visit I'll be wearing like a sweat shirt and sweatpants and they'll be like in bikinis jumping in the water
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious I was at the ocean the sea last weekend and it's like it's May here in London but it's probably colder in the sea well definitely I'm sure than it is in Florida and Feb and everyone, mm-hmm. like not everyone but people are just jumping in their bikinis and I'm like you guys are psycho <laughs> yeah. no no they no. don't like being
1: cold and I'm very happy to just sit on the side if the water's cold but yeah I do love being just love being by the water it makes me so happy
0: that's awesome. Okay. Final quickfire. Who was your childhood hmm. celeb crush?
1: Oh, my childhood, like back, oh, I'm really dating myself here. <laughs> like my first, my first, for sure, my first crush, JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, which, Reed, oh. you're so young, you may not even know him. Like, I'm really
0: dating myself. I'm, I'm only five years younger than you. Do you know who JTT is? No exactly exactly so who is he? he maybe I do know him I just don't know the name oh my, well he was on Home Improvement he was
1: in the movie Man of the House with Farrah Fawcett. he was so
0: cute oh let me google it Jonathan okay, Taylor I watched, Thomas. I like, really Home Improvement
1: pictures of him like from 17 oh, magazine yes.
0: oh my god oh my god he
1: yeah, had that like mushroom cut which at the time was like so, so in. in yes PT. that is hilarious
0: I, yeah. I thought he was so hot on home improvement. Oh, wow. yep. <laughs> that is so funny. That's hilarious. Okay, a quick fire done. I love it. <laughs> so let's get into things. So you did the one-to-one coaching. You came yes, to me and you were struggling big time. Tell us, yeah. let's rewind. What was, what was it like, let's just say, just before the one-to-one coaching, like where were you at? What was life like then?
1: I mean, I definitely. I think there's like a lot of different verbiage we can use in terms of like I would have classified myself at the time as like, I I, I, related to orthorexia, anorexia, body dysmorphia, re- severe restriction, severe binging, anxiety, depression. Um, just in such a negative headspace. And I just felt like I was just in this deep, dark hole and I did not know how to get out. And I feel like I had a lot of internal conversations with myself, like you can get out of this, like you can get out of this habit, like you can do this on your own. And nothing that I had attempted was successful. I just couldn't get out of this cycle and mainly the cycle of severe restriction and severe Binging, and so I was in a cycle where I was restricting, really, really restricting, six days a week, and one day a week I allowed myself to eat whatever I want. For a while, it was like a cheat day, and then it was like a fun day, and then it was like, okay, these are this is just a planned weekly binge, and I finally like owned that and like called it by name. Um, you know, I remember even you and I spoke about this. There was a time before we met that I was like, well, I'm a food, I must be a food addict. I think I'm addicted to food. I I started reaching out to OA, Overeaters Anonymous groups, and seeing if I fit in there. And I was like, maybe I'm a food addict, which we can talk more about that later. But I definitely am not and was not a food addict at all. But um, we'll touch on that later. But um yeah, I think when I stumbled across your page, I couldn't believe there was someone out there that specialized in specifically helping people with restriction and binging. I'd never heard of it. Like I, I'd spoken to my doctor, I'd spoken to nutritionists, but like this specific, very private, shameful thing I was going through, I didn't really like, even know there was help for me. Um, and you know, also very like malnourished, very underweight, basically, my restriction was so severe six days a week that like I literally could eat upwards of like 10,000, 15,000 calories on a binge day and like maintain this skinny, frail ribs sticking out of my body frame. So that just goes to show how severe the restriction was. Um, freezing 24-7, horrible anxiety, lost my period, um very low white blood cell counts under functioning thyroid. I mean, my body was not functioning properly.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you just saying all of that and like me knowing where you're at now, it's just Mm -hmm. so crazy. What like 16 ish weeks can do for someone like Mm -hmm. the fact, this recurring theme that you say, and I had it too. And I hear so many women have this where they they're stuck in the cycle they don't really, we don't know how to get out of it. And for some reason we, we keep like thinking restriction is the answer and just like focusing on the food or something is the answer. And we have no idea what this the help out there. Like we have no idea that there's someone who totally gets it and can help you out. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I wish I I was in such a place that I didn't even know it was a thing that I didn't even because I didn't know it was a thing I didn't know it was even something I should google and try to like find what's the answer to it but it's just incredible how uh like how much much miseducation there is around or like uneducation
1: totally totally because even like I said and I would love to delve into this more later but like how I was like, oh, well, like I'm just a food addict. Like I'll give myself that label that makes sense. Like I'm a food addict and and it never like fit for me. And like, now when I say it out loud, it sounds so simple and obvious, but it's like, I was not a food addict. I restricted everything I enjoyed eating. And so of course, when I got the opportunity to have it, it felt like I was like addicted to it going crazy. But that was just my body screaming, hey, stop restricting me from your life. Like I am a sweet potato and I am delicious and I want you to eat me all the time. Like I am a donut. I am a muffin. Like you never eat me, but your body wants to eat me. So it's just so interesting now that I like was so focused, honestly on the binging aspect. But after working with you, I was like, this is, I am, my restriction is causing this behavior. Um, it just was
0: a cycle I couldn't get out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, let's go into the food addict thing now. Like, yeah, it's funny that you say um, it, it's like food is not a thing like synonymous or parallel to things that we usually think of with like addictions, like drugs, because food, we literally need it to survive every day. And it's mm-hmm. I, I like draw the parallel with air, oxygen. You can't be like an oxygen addict. <laughs> You would only feel like you might be that if you're gasping for air. You're like, oh my God, I need it. Like, shoot me up now with the oxygen (laughs) because like Literally, it's like the best analogy though. Like you wouldn't
1: feel like desperate for air unless you were like drowning, right? Like it's a necessity to live. And so like, unless you were, it was literally taken away from you, like you're scuba diving and like Mm -hmm. you're out of air in your tank and you need oxygen. Unless it was taken away from you, you wouldn't feel like you needed it. And that's what restriction is, right? We take foods away from our life and our body. um, And so our body can't help but feel like we need it. We need it. We need it. And of course, if you barely eat anything most of the time, how could you not be Mm -hmm. a food-focused person? See, I thought food focus was food addiction. No, my food focus was I didn't eat enough. I didn't eat enough variety. I didn't eat enough quantities of food. And so I just was focused on it because like, How could I not think about it? Think about anything in your life that you enjoy. Like if you know you have an amazing vacation coming up, you're going to the Bahamas with the girls, you're going to think about it all the time. It's what you want to do. Well, I wanted food. My body wanted food. So of course I couldn't stop thinking about it. I thought I was crazy. I thought I was a crazy person. And now I know I was not crazy. I wasn't a food addict.
0: Like I was hungry. It's I was hungry. Yes, hungry for so long long we're so, so long. long um okay let's like rewind even more yeah where how do you feel, like where did this all start
1: I mean definitely like I think that and I think this is a lot a lot of girls maybe have a similar story um at least some of the girls that I've listened to in pockets I've listened to but like I think when you grow up in a home with a very athletic healthy fitness focused parent I think often the intentions of that parent can be very good. I don't believe any parent is like, I want to give my child a complex about their body and food and eating and attaching their self-worth to their body. Like, I, I don't think any parent sets out for that. Um, So, you know, I would say I was always aware that I had like a very fit, healthy parent. Um, and, you know, I just as a child um was very like we just talked about like health and diets a lot not even like in a negative way it just was a common thread in my home so like for me at 9 it wasn't weird to like hear someone talking about like food and calories and aerobics like and listen I'm now a mom right like I'm an adult and I just actually have like a genuine passion for fitness and nutrition like hope to do something you know, with it myself one day, like uh, mm-hmm. as a profession. So I know what it's like to like love health and fitness, right? Like, I just think my past experiences have made me very cautious about how I speak about it in front of kids. But again, it was just a common thread in my house. And I think like very early on, 11, 12, when like puberty started, I just like got a little curvier. I wasn't like that like stick thin kid. And just the conversation about, like, healthy eating habits, like, do you want the chips? Or, like, do you want an apple? Like, again, like, I do feel like the intentions were so good. Like, who would want their child to, like, be obese and unhealthy and diabetic? And, like, I just feel like, and especially with girls, like, I almost feel lucky to not have daughters because, like, I don't even know how to, like how do you navigate that when you have a daughter that's like, I want to feel attractive. I want to feel pretty. I want to have a nice body. My friends are thinner than me. Like, it's such a fine line, but like between like helping and hurting and like causing deep rooted issues. So like, I don't, I mean, I, I don't even know what it's like to raise a little girl who starts asking questions about her body and pretty and attractive, but Yeah. I mean, I just think it was a common conversation in my house. I would watch my mom and the, and her workouts and the way she ate. And I also like had a brother who like was like born with an eight pack and like had the metabolism of like a Olympic athlete and could literally eat whatever he wanted. Like, I feel like a lot of little boys. And so like he had like a stash of like goodies, like um, on the side, like chips and brownies and Doritos and like they were kind of like hid from me no they they were they were hid from me in places where like people didn't like where like they I wouldn't find them but I would find them and so because there were foods that were hidden from me when my family would leave the house that's where like my first um episodes of binging started because I knew I had a limited window to have the foods that I loved so much, like every kid loves Doritos and chips and cookies. And I'd have to eat them while no one was watching because obviously if they were hidden from me, it was because I probably wasn't supposed to be eating them. And so like, that was my, like my first experience with a binge, like was probably when I was like 10. Cause I was like, they're gone. I know where those cookies are. And so again, I, I would say like, I'm a parent. I have so much respect for parents. Parenting is the biggest, toughest job on earth. I do believe in my heart that all of us parents, we do our very best and all parents make mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. Um, And I just even think with the best of intentions, sometimes a parent can unfortunately create a stigma or a habit. Um, Parenting's
0: tough, you know? mm-hmm yes I going back to the, the trying to parent a daughter with this whole body image and food side of things oh god it's as you said such a delicate line it made me remember about uh, when I was like I'm gonna say about 14 15 my parents had never said um or very rarely like oh you look pretty you're beautiful but like they they hadn't said that much and I got to the point where you know you're trying to get guys to like you and all this stuff and you're starting to think more about your body and I remember saying to my mom once I was like how come you guys never say you're pretty or anything and she was like oh like I personally purposefully didn't because I don't want you to get this complex and to think it's like such a mm-hmm. special thing like I didn't mm-hmm. never wanted to do that so in her trying to do that positively I was right? like but I'm not pretty right right <laughs> you See, and end. that's
1: why like That's why I always really, like, I try, I try so hard, like, to never ever, like, judge a parent or, like, because I think we're all, like, we're all doing our absolute best. And kids are just so impressionable, little sponges. um, (laughs) And, like, I even told you, I'm, I have such a fear of my kids ever having food related issues because I struggled with it. For like 25 years, um, and I'll always be working on my my relationship with food now for the rest of my life. And so, I'm so intentional with the way I speak about food and health and whatever in front of my kids. And I was so triggered. Um, I think it was early on into us working together when my five year old picked up a like it was a box of like popcorn or something, and he was like, "How many calories are in this?" Mm. And it was so triggering for me because I was like, "Why?" oh my God, my five-year-old is asking a question that I don't want him to give a damn about. And I was like, it doesn't matter because he heard his mommy talking about calories. See, like here I am like trying to be so careful and like I let it slip. He heard me talk about, about calories and I'm doing the very best I can, but I slipped up too. And and it's a habit that like we had to break of him ever asking. Like it wasn't even like, he wasn't, he he, he couldn't correlate it to like calories, weight gain, but... But yeah. the fact that he even you know, like had the word calories in his vocab, I was like, that is not okay. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was totally innocent on my part that he accidentally probably one time heard me say calories in front of him. But kids are just so impressionable, you know?
0: So impressionable. And then going back to you being a kid, imagine mm-hmm. like how impressionable is that having food hidden from you. Like, what is that message saying to you that? you're the one who can't control herself for some reason Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be allowed those
1: foods even if your
0: brother can like what's the difference there was like always like a draw
1: full of in like our fridge like full of like fresh produce apples and oranges and bananas and like delicious I mean I love all that food that food's great um and I was always like encouraged like do you want to maybe like like have an apple like have an orange and listen I am a mom I want my kids eating more apples and oranges. All they freaking want is chicken nuggets. I get it. Like I don't want my kids to grab an apple and orange more often than chocolate because I want them to have eating disorders or not love themselves. I want my kids to like be nutritious and get vitamins and grow and be healthy and like food that's going to like make their brain work while they're at school all day. Like it's not because I want them to have a complex about their body. So again, like I think it's so important to remember like intentions even the best intentions can sometimes
0: cause
1: results that a parent didn't hope for.
0: Mm. You know? Yeah. What do you feel like was the message that you internalized as a kid with having the food hidden? Well, that like,
1: A, like I should always, like 95% of the time, choose 99% of the time, choose a healthy, option mm-hmm. uh, a good food a fruit um something low in carbs something without sugar um you know so like that, that, that those are the decisions I should be making which of course like then made things like cake to me seem like like the, like the forbidden right mm-hmm. like yeah. it made them more like like glorified things like chocolate and cake and cookies because I was geared towards healthier options it definitely made me feel like you know like oh what like I can't have access to all these foods like like you said like do you not think I can control myself and it was like almost like that self-talk turned into binges like oh you don't mm-hmm. think I can't control myself oh well, I can't control myself because now like I am gonna eat the whole bag of Doritos so it's like my own self-talk became like real binges like um and yeah, I mean, you know, I, and I guess, kind of like you said, like, as far as like parents, like, I was always really applauded when I would temporarily lean out. And again, like, this was my parents saying, like, good for you. Like, like you achieved something you wanted, right? Like if I joined when I joined Weight Watchers 5,000 times, but I I don't know, like one of the times I joined at probably like 13 or something um, and like lost my first seven pounds. Like they applauded me and like they were being my parents applauding me for successfully doing something I wanted to do. But in my head, I'm like, they're applauding me for being thinner. I'm getting recognition for being thinner. So Mm -hmm. again, like that's just how I
0: internalized it, you know? so true yeah yeah I was gonna ask like how did this all feed into body image and you kind of started off there like that recognition the love the the praise for losing weight or being thinner again like started from good intentions like my parents did it quite often too anytime even to this day when I see them after I haven't seen them for a while and if I know I'm a little bit slimmer for whatever reason, um, I'll notice the compliments like, oh, you're looking really well. You're looking really right. well. And I'm like, oh. And it's funny because, well, in society, like, right, like, don't, I feel
1: like we naturally, like, we are so outward about making comments about people's bodies, which I think, like, now I'm so much more aware of. And, like, I really try not to talk to people about their bodies, like, because, I know that it can be triggering. Right. Like, yeah. um, you know, like even like when I was at my thinnest, sickest, illest, leanest, like I got so much praise from everyone. Yeah, um, So yeah. many compliments about like my dedication. Now I do feel like this was people like applauding my hard work. And I guess I probably should have prefaced this with saying like, I lost 80 pounds before this, like the eating disorder, like really, really, like got really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And so I got a lot of recognition just because like I delivered my last baby at 210 pounds. And so, I mean, it was a drastic weight loss mm-hmm. and not yeah. all of it was done in a super unhealthy way. I actually would say most of it was done in a, in a more healthy way, mm-hmm. with, but nonetheless, so yeah, so much praise and so much applause. And in my head, I'm like, I don't have a period. Mm -hmm. I don't eat days a week. It's so crazy that I'm being praised, but that praise becomes like almost like addicting, right? Like we love that. So addictive. Yeah. So, um, you know, when I would like lose weight and my mom or my dad would say like, you look so beautiful. You look so great. Like, good job. Congratulations. And again, like it makes sense, right? Like my mom after um, like on the side, she would like, she taught aerobics, like fitness was legit, like a big part of her life. She had a full-time job and she left fitness and she did it on the side. So like when she saw her child show interest in fitness and exercise, Mm -hmm. like it was something she loved. Right. So she was like applauding that. But again, like I really, really try to, when I see someone like working hard at the gym or losing weight or gaining weight, I just really, I really avoid body comments. Like I might say like, oh my goodness, you just lifted eighty pounds. Like you are strong. But I really try to avoid like you look thin. You look like you lost weight. You look like you gained weight. Like I would never say that. But I've had people say that to me.
0: Um Yeah, me too. <laughs> so yeah, I mean Yes, I think, yeah, we all just need to like back off from mentioning talking about people's weight. You have no idea what someone's going through. If they're Mm -hmm. ill if they're struggling if they're grieving if they have an eating disorder like Mm -hmm. yeah and just the the addictive power behind the praise over weight loss or being thin is insane the times I have lost significant weight or basically got down to anytime I was at my lowest weight compliments came flying in and it was a lot from men it was a lot from guys for me and Mm -hmm. um, that was highly addictive for me because already had insane low self-worth. I was like yearning for craving male validation particularly because I wanted to be, I wanted that validation that I'm attractive and sexy and they want to have mm-hmm. sex with me and everything. And um mm-hmm. especially like early 20s, like that's that's like you just want to be um basically fuckable. <laughs>
1: um yeah. so it was yeah. like
0: to have like, and it's, sliding into the DMs and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. I think I'm so yeah.
1: And it's funny because we could talk about that conversation more, but about how like I assumed like I'd only be able to find a guy if I was like super, super thin and like yeah. that's all guys wanted. Like we can talk about that later, but like not true. And it's funny because there's this comedian. I love her. She might even have a podcast. Um, her name is Beth Stelling. She's so funny. And she in one of her stand up, she was talking about like, like when someone like makes a comment about you losing weight. And is like you look like you look great. How they're literally just saying, like, you take up less space. And yes. you, like gravity's pulling down a little less on you. Yes. And I like that. But when you think about it, like it's like ridiculous. Like it's like <laughs> literally just like you're like, I like that you take up less space. Like, cool yeah. thanks. Like that praise, like that we crave and we live for. And um, I actually like really had such a an interesting moment a couple weeks ago because I used to live for that praise of like, oh my God, you're so fit. You're so, and I, and guess what? Like, I'm still a fit person. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just a bigger person now, but you know, throughout my recovery with you, I gained a total of about 20 pounds Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been like, so liberating (laughs) and I'm so strong right now. And it feels awesome. But a, a, a family friend I ran into last week said to me she was like how are you she was like you look bigger (laughs) and the old me and I remember I told you this the old me that would have been so like my day would have been ruined my week would have been ruined I might have gone down like 10 hours of cardio not Mm -hmm. eaten that day and when she said to me you look bigger like it was quite the contrary it was like I was like thank you because this bigger body is getting her hormones rebalanced. This bigger body has a functioning thyroid. This bigger body doesn't have white low blood cell counts anymore. This bigger body um works and like is is like on paper statistically, blood work-wise, a healthier person. So yeah, I was like, thank you. This bigger person is so much healthier physically and mentally. That was a compliment. I don't know who the heck would say that. I would never say that to someone, but the way that I took it was like, this bigger body is healthier. So thank you.
0: <laughs> I love that. I feel like you are the epitome of debunking the whole like skinny equals healthy equation. Oh my like, God. Skinnier yes. healthier.
1: Yeah. And I also feel like I'm the perfect example of like, there is no body type for health, mm. right? Like health, health and, and like the way a body looks, like they're not... Related, um, you know, like I can say when I was two hundred pounds, and and I'm sure there are people that are like two hundred pounds and like in mint condition, healthy. Personally, like I was pre-diabetic. I had sky high cholesterol. I was like on paper, and I'm a big sciencey person. You know this. Like I'm all about like what's the stats, what's the blood work, like science. Like I was on paper, I was very unhealthy, not well. Like almost like like my doctor was pushing like cholesterol and like diabetic medicine. Um, So like, and I think my fear and recovery was like, I'm going to go back there. Yeah, I I didn't think there was like an in between, Like I would either be like anorexic skinny or obese and like diabetic. Mm. I never saw like a happy medium and like, people, there is a happy medium. But (laughs) yeah, that body that I had at 200 pounds was genuinely unhealthy. But I know people that are technically speaking overweight and they don't have issues with their blood sugar or their cholesterol. Like they genuinely, they are healthy, like blood work, statistically healthy. So that just goes to show that not every 200 person has huge health issues like I did. And then on the flip side, teeny, tiny, lean, itty bitty Ashley, that everyone prays is just like, for all my health and fitness, I was so honestly like sick. I was not like, I was physically sick. I was not well, like all my, like when, you know, when you like, you go to quest and like you get your printout from, well, I don't know what they have over there, but when you get blood work, like so many things that were like red, 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 low, 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 like my body wasn't working. And for a woman, nothing signifies more like your body isn't working than you not getting a period. That's your, Mm -hmm. like your body
0: just is just in survival mode at that point. Yeah. 100%. Well, that was you then and now. Yeah. Tell us what was the recovery journey like? What were the the highs and the lows? How did it go? Yeah, I mean, I will like, you know,
1: it's it's a process. Um and again, like I think that the way that recovery from anything works is like um Number one, like often if you're recovering from anything, like you need outside help and like, it's okay Mm -hmm. if you can't tackle it on your own. It's not shameful. Like there's help out there for anything you're struggling with. Like I found you. And so, you know, finding you was really, really big for me. Then seeing your following on Instagram, I was like, wait a second. People are following her. Who would follow Breed that didn't at least have some relationship with food issues? Mm. So you're telling me thousands of people, hundreds and thousands of people are following Breed just like me, maybe struggling with the same thing, like same things that I struggle with. Like I'm not alone because I've never until very recently had anyone in my life that struggled with the same food related issues that I did. And if they did, they didn't talk about it. So it was very lonely, right? Like it wasn't something I like talked to my friends about. My husband didn't understand at all. He's never had these kinds of struggles. So that was big being like, wow, A, there's a resource out there. Breeds out there. And this is what she does. She helps people with what I struggle with. And then seeing that you had a following made me realize, I think there's a lot of other people like me more than I even realize. Like I'm not this like crazy lunatic that struggles with this thing, like and only me. Um, and as you know, it took me months and months and months to pull the trigger. Because like I found you, <laughs> I saw that you were there, and you had a following and you were working with other people, other women, but I just was like afraid. And I think now, like what I realized was probably the biggest issue of all bigger than food related issues, bigger than body dysmorphia, bigger than attaching my self worth to the way my body looked was that I lived in fear Mm -hmm. for so long.
0: Before we go on, I just wanted to jump in and let you know about something that could really, really help you out. So if you've been loving these episodes and all of the tips and it's been super helpful, but you just need a bit more structure and direction, then check out my 30-day reboot course. It's an online course, so you can literally start today. 30 days of content, so each day you get new content in written form, video form, or audio, just to keep it nice and fresh. The content is exactly the same as what I go through in one-to-ones, so it's amazing value for money. You get some lovely audio meditations along the way as well. And we have a Facebook group so you know you're not alone. There are plenty of others in there. So if you are sick of waiting around and want your life back, you're so ready to kick binge eating out of your life and return to that relaxed, confident, happy version of you that you know is in there deep down inside, then this course is literally made for you. And best of all, it's just the price of a trip to Zara or Topshop, but it is worth so much more than that. It's eye-opening and life-changing, as one past alumni put it. So if that sounds good to you, head over to my website to sign up today, or just scroll down to the show notes. I'll pop a link in there too. All right, let's get back into today's episode.
1: I lived in fear Mm. for so long fear of change, fear of growth. What I realized was probably the biggest issue of all, bigger than food-related issues, bigger than body dysmorphia, bigger than attaching my self-worth to the way my body looked, was that I lived in fear Mm -hmm. for so long. Fear of weight gain, fear of getting help, fear, just fear, 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 fear. My whole life was run by fear. And fear of just the unknown. So like, I didn't know what was going to happen when I started working with you. And like, even though the life I was living wasn't working for me, it was what I knew. It was the usual, like it was my comfort zone. Even though I was so unhappy and, and struggling, it was like all I knew at the time. And so like, I had this fear of just change, even like positive change, right? Like I... Thought I was addicted to food, but what I was really addicted to was like control. Like, I was addicted to like controlling like all these little facets. So, yeah, a lot of evolution <laughs> since I found you. And then, yeah, the process with you once we started, um, and I will never forget, I know I've sent it to you. I um, have really found power in writing down or recording like my goals my thoughts my feelings because it's so great to be able to go back and reflect on those things and so the day that I signed up with you I turned my video camera on and I just started recording myself <laughs> and I wanted to be able to look back on that and want to forget that moment and you've watched the recording because I sent it to you and you could see like my body like the way that I stood the way that I spoke like my eyes like my voice like you could see like I was in a dark place but I was like I want to record this I just signed up for breed I don't know what's going to happen I'm ready and so like I have that moment frozen in time and I'm so happy that I have that um and you could share that if you want I I don't care but like that's powerful that I have that moment to look back on and then our process over the 16 weeks you know like it did it did like kind of Ebb and flow, right? Like healing, healing is not linear. Um, especially if it's something that you've been struggling with for a long time. Like, like I feel like just progress in general, no matter what it is, like um, I don't know really anything in my life as far as progression, something I've been working on that I've ever had like linear progress. I feel like it's always kind of like up, down, hills, like dips, um like that's how progress works um and so I think that a lot of the beginning of our journey I still was latched on to fear like um a lot of it was like fear of weight gain um and just fear of change but I think that you know one of the big god you and I I mean we could talk for 10 hours but you and I tackled so many things and you know a big thread in my life has been like self-worth issues because when you attach your self worth to the way your body looks or like how much space you take up, um, it's like it make it's it, it's like you it's so hard to feel worthy when you have success as a parent, have success as a friend, have success at work because I for so much of my life, I only felt worthy when I was thin, light, like light. how does gravity was pulling down less on my body so you and I spent a lot of time working through just like helping me feel like a badass, regardless of my body, which like, that's huge. Like for so many women to like, I think to be able to be, and like, it's now part of my self talk that like, I wake up every morning and like I'm in a bigger body than I've been in, in a long time. And I wake up every morning and like look in the mirror and I'm I'm just like, you are a bad bitch. Like, Having nothing to do with your body. You're a bad bitch because like you love your babies. You're a bad bitch because like you, like, you love yourself. Like you're a bad bitch because you're a good friend, because you're empathetic, because you're compassionate. Like things that matter. Like my aesthetic physique is so irrelevant to my worth as a human. And I can't believe I wasted so many years of my life connecting the two. Like they had anything to do with each other. Um, and so you and I worked on that a lot, um, and that was big for me.
0: Um, and then let's, just let's, like, let's pause on that for a second. Cause that's okay. Big. okay. so that fear of like weight gain, the link between your size, your looks to your sense of worth and how that fluctuates. And so out of your control a lot of the time, um, mm-hmm. how did you overcome the fear of weight gain? How did you detach your sense of self-worth to your body?
1: Yeah. Well, um, I think that, you know, A, like I'm very blessed with just a wonderful circle of family and friends around me. And I spend some time with you just really reflecting on the fact that like those people in my life that love me and rally for me and stand by my side and give me all this encouragement, they don't give a shit what my body looks like. They don't care if... I have a roll when I lean over. They don't care if my arm jiggles. Like none of that has ever impacted the circle of people around me. They have loved me unconditionally for who I am as a human. So I'm like, hello. Um, none of that's attached to my body. And then I think like you and I started talking about like, what did my life, like, you know, binging and restricting and, and food aside, what did my life as a really, really, really thin person bring me? And I thought about it. I thought about it. I was like trying to make like a pro and pro and con. And like, I guess like it felt, it felt like kind of cool to like be wearing size zero clothing. And like in those quick moments, I suppose that was kind of fulfilling. But like the only thing that being in a size zero body gave me and brought me was being in a size zero body. Mm-hmm. It didn't bring me anything positive. It made me. Miserable, hungry, have so much anxiety, depressed. I was shivering twenty four seven. So much food focus, missing out on social events because I only let myself eat things I enjoyed one day as a week, one day a week. So I would avoid like social situations. I am the most social entity on the planet. I'm so social. I, I thrive and get my energy from being social. Um, I was missing out on life so that I could slide on a pair of zero jeans to go out and eat lettuce. Like I wasn't even living my life. So I think that like, I had to step back and be like, what is, what is that body bringing me? And not only did it bring me nothing positive, it brought me literally nothing. Yeah. It was so unfulfilling. Now. And I remember, like, you had me write a letter to, like, my future self of things that I wanted. And, like, I was like, God, it would be so fulfilling to, like, go out socially with my friends any day of the week for cocktails and, app- and appetizers. Mm-hmm. It would be so fulfilling to have ice cream with my babies because they have ice cream every night for dessert. And they I sit there and watch them. They'll offer me a bite and I'll say no because I only let myself eat ice cream one day a week. Um, I want to, like let myself go to a restaurant and like order something besides a salad with chicken. Like maybe I want to have some bread. Maybe I want spaghetti and meatballs, like all these things I never let myself do. Like, I think that like, I wanted to live my life. I wanted to live and like now, like I am living my life. It's amazing. But I remember when we did that exercise, like of me, all these things I was hopeful for. Like I just realized, like I wasn't living; I was just surviving.
0: I think you, there was like a tipping point for you. <laughs> I yes. think you know, yes. you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do. I do. So, so share do. About that because that was that was really like the tipping point for you where everything yeah. changed.
1: Yeah. So I definitely felt like I started like getting to a place where I really was like, okay, like. You are literally not really enjoying your life. Also, you can be like the leanest version of yourself. And furthermore, I I was like, you're going about it in like the worst way. Like there are plenty of people like in the fitness world, like girls that lift, girls that like have definition in their arms. And like, they don't starve themselves six days a week and eat one day a week. They just eat a well-balanced lifestyle. And like, so like, Even if I wanted to say, be a little bit leaner, there are so many better ways to go about it than what I was doing. So I was like, what, what is like, this is not productive. Um, and then, you know, I was, I think I had just reached a point where I really wanted to be happy and fulfilled. And then, you know, I was almost three months into our program. I just, I never was all in because the fear was just holding me back fear of weight gain, fear of change. Like even though this severe restriction and binging isn't a life I want to live, it's keeping me at the same body weight. It's keeping me small and tiny. And so like, I was just so afraid. And then I went away um, and had the worst binge episode of probably my life, like a three day bender, like, it's very possible that over those 3 or 4 days like i would guess i probably ate like 40,000 calories it was just wow. ludicrous um like that i didn't just like die honestly mm-hmm. but um it was like a like a come to jesus moment i'm a jew but it was still a come to jesus <laughs> moment for me because for somebody to gorge themselves for days on end, if that is not your body screaming for food and nourishment, I don't know what is. And I came back from that trip feeling so low and so defeated. And I remember you and I had a call either the day or the day after I came back. And I was a disaster. I was hysterical. I was sick to like my stomach just with anger and frustration. And it was the first time in our, in our whole engagement that I was like, you know what breed, I can't talk to you. I I can't even function right now. And I hung up and like, we couldn't do our call that day. And I was just a disaster. Like it was just, I was so physically and mentally sick from that three, four day binge. But yeah, it was kind of like, okay, your body is screaming for food. This cycle is going to continue unless like you do something drastically different. And so this was the first binge of my life where instead of starving myself and doing endless cardio for the following week, I said, no, fuck that. This week I'm going to not work out at all, which I love fitness. I love working out. I love lifting, but definitely Was a time in my life that I did use it as like punishment to like pay for calories. Um, now it's strictly like joy and fun, and like I love it. But so, yeah, I said I'm not gonna work out, which was like terrifying because I was like, I'm not gonna burn any calories. But I felt like my body was saying, We like, I need to rest, I need rest. So I said, I'm not going to the gym all week. I probably hadn't taken a week off from the gym in five years. Also I feel like then context
0: I is when she says gym she means 3 hours at the gym. Oh, that's correct. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, and
1: I was it wasn't regular gym. I was working out 3 hours a day. I was doing over 90 minutes of lifting coupled with like as much cardio as I could get in without passing out. And I don't forget on lots of days that I was doing that, I was eating I don't know, 900 calories. Crazy. Wow. So Yeah, this was big to say I'm going to take a week and let my body and my soul and my mind rest. And I said, I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat all week and I'm going to eat all the shit that I'm terrified of. I'm going to eat all the shit that I restrict. And so I spent a week resting and eating sweet potatoes and rice and fruit. Like I didn't let myself eat fruit. Like, and just oh it was glory and like whole avocados I used to let myself have like one little nibble avocados are delicious so good I was like I'm gonna eat a whole avocado whatever I want and I just ate the food and I remember when you and I hopped on the phone a couple days after that and I I know that like I feel like I made you nervous because like it was like okay where is she gonna go from here she just hit like an all-time low she's you know More than halfway through this program, she just had the worst binge of her life. And I literally could have been like, I'm a failure. It's over. This isn't working. I don't even want to finish. Like, like I'm just going to starve myself. Like, It could have, I literally, that was the fork in the road. And I feel like it could have gone two very different ways. But I think I needed to get so fed up, so fed up, so done to really, really transition my life. And so I'm now looking back, I'm so happy that binge happened because that was my moment of being like, I am done. I am miserable, like I needed that to happen. And so, yeah, I came home and spent a week nourishing my body and eating the food, lots of it, and the carbs. And the week went by and I didn't want to binge. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) it works. Like, (laughs) sure enough, like why would I feel the need to go binge on, for example, every carb I could find if I'd been eating carbs all week. But like I told you from the get-go, I didn't believe it. I said, no matter what, I will always binge. I said, I'll just start eating. Like if I start eating normally during the week, I'll still want to binge just as much. And then I'll just be like, I'll just become obese. Like I used to be like, I'll be not, not that I was obese, but I'll become super overweight. Like I used to be, I'll get diabetes. Like I'll die. Like, Mm -hmm. like it'll all just, I was not convinced that if you literally lift the restriction, you have less of a desire to binge. I didn't believe it because I was like, I'm a binger, like, that's right, um, and I remember calling you and being like, oh, my lanta, I just had my first binge-free week in literally, I don't even know how many years, I don't even know, and that weekend, as awful as it was in the moment, that weekend was such a blessing.
0: It was. Oh my goodness. When it happened, as you said, like, I was like, oh no, please don't quit right now because it will end on such a low point to end on. And I was like, oh, please don't. And then when you told me that you had just like eaten all week, you're resting. I was like, what the hell is happening? Like, this is like a light (laughs) switch on and off. I was like, this is insane. (laughs) Yeah, And from then on, yeah and then like from then on we had like one more month and um everything we just like went so up from there and it's just been building from there and, and I like think tons- me, the,
1: thing, the thing was like up until that horrible weekend I had been lifting restrictions right like week by yes. week lifting restrictions but just like bit by bit right which again like I don't think, I think it's hard to jump all into anything right away. But I was like, I wasn't ready. Like, it's like, you have to lift like all the restriction. You can't just like lift a little because restriction is restriction. Right. Yeah. So like, I, I think I just, I was, res- I was lifting some restriction, but still really, truly wasn't fully committing to really, truly lifting most of the restriction and like that's
0: why that weekend happen like that was my body saying mm, you're still restricting too much Mm-hmm. yeah definitely and like it's scary to lift all the restrictions at once but if you do bit by bit you don't even see the proof that it works to lift restrictions yeah so your fears yeah. are still there they're not being you know soothed calmed down and now you're just like well now I'm just lifting restrictions And I don't see like the positive effects. So why would you continue to lift even more, which is even more scary? So sometimes it really is just like all in, like commit to this, trust the process. It works.
1: And it and it's so scary. And that's why like I really I just like just like when you hooked me on that podcast when you were like, I'm turning my passion into purpose, like what you're doing has so much purpose. Like you're helping women get their life back. But like, I think that like people need to hear like proof, like Mm -hmm. consumers don't want to buy a product unless like they know it's good. Right. And like, I want people to hear that. Like I lifted restriction and lost most of my urge to binge. Like, it's not like it's real and it's powerful to hear someone that's actually experienced it. Say like, no, no, like I did it. Like, it's true what they say. It's true what Breed says. Mm-hmm. You let yourself and like now that's kind of like my thing of like I've met now a couple girls who have these struggles and I and I said you lift all restriction for one week. Nothing off limits. One whole week. Give yourself one week. You tell me you don't want to binge at least less right because binging is a habit that mm-hmm. if you you've had for a while like habits die hard right so it's like that creeping feeling might still be there even with lifting all restrictions because we're breaking a a habit but you tell me you don't want to binge less after one week of lifting restrictions and eating the food it works and the kicker is and you and I this is also something that I'm so happy that happened on our journey our last week together um right like Right before, I think, our second to last call, I had like a little mini episode. Mm-hmm. I went out with my friends. We drank. I got those like tequila munchies, you know. <laughs> and I don't know if we, uh, we could call it a binge, an overeating episode, an episode, an event. And it happened. And I still woke up the next day feeling so powerful because I was like, that happened. And, like, now we move on. It doesn't mean that, like, I didn't have success. It doesn't mean I'm not still on the journey of healing. Like, what in your life have you ever done that you haven't had, like, hiccups or setbacks? Like, you and I talked about, like, you're climbing up a mountain. And, like, you trip and you stumble. And, like, you fall back five feet. You didn't tumble down the mountain. You're not going to go home and be like, "Eh, I tripped. I'm done. (laughs) No. You're going to get your ass back up. And walk a little more careful and just get your ass to the top. Like, I think that we have to remember with healing and recovery, like there, you don't need to be perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. You can slip up and have a hiccup. Like you still keep going forward. You still keep climbing. Like, so I felt like, just like, I'm so happy that horrible episode, that three day bender happened. I'm also so happy that while we were still in our program, I did have a little quote unquote slip up.
0: Mm -hmm. and I was
1: like whatever
0: whatever moving on exactly exactly whatever and to add to that analogy as you're climbing up the mountain you're getting stronger and stronger and if you fall back five feet you don't suddenly get weaker you still have all that knowledge all that know-how all that strength and power you just keep on going and that's what you did exactly I'm so happy for you so closing things up soon um Mm -hmm two things one give us a brief insight into what life looks like for you now oh my god I'm living my
1: life I all the relationships in my life have like improved like even my relationship with my with my kids and I think I told you like my kids like love sharing food with me now it's so funny because I feel like they never really saw me eat that much. And now that they see that, like, we all eat meals together, they're like, have a bite of my sandwich, have a bite of my ice cream. They like love feeding me. So cute. Um, so like my, yeah, my relationships with people, like I said to you the other day, like, it's so cool that a friend of mine can say on a Thursday, you want to go out tonight for dinner and drinks? And I can just say, yeah. And like, there's no drama. Like I can just do it. Right. Because like, My life is different now. It's wonderful and so much less anxiety. I'm so much calmer and I just feel like so much more at peace and my body does amazing things for me, right? My body, like I really like to acknowledge now, not like the aesthetics, like not my waistline, but like, look what my body like does for me. I made two babies in this body. And like, I go to the gym and like, I'm able to like lift and get stronger with like this body, this bigger body. And like, I'm overcoming demons that I was afraid to change forever. And like, just living in a space of like, I just want to keep like thriving and evolving and growing and probably more important than anything, just like being really kind to myself. There's no need to beat myself up. Mm -hmm. I spend a lot more time celebrating myself and my body than I do beating it up. And just getting out of that space of fear. I don't live in fear anymore. My whole life was run by fear. Like, I think you and I said this early on that like, what's the ultimate What's the worst case scenario? Like what's the worst outcome of something you do or try the worst case? Like the very worst case would be like you die, right? Like there'd be nothing worse than that. That would be the worst, worse than anything else. And getting help for something you're struggling with or trying something new. It's very unlikely that it's going to kill you. So the (laughs) worst case scenario is probably 99% not going to happen. We know we're not going to die. So what do you have to lose in trying to fix something and getting help? Like, what's the worst that could happen? And like, you start evolving, you start loving yourself more. You, my fear, put on a little bit of weight, but you're happier and healthier and thriving. Like, the only outcome of working on this is like something positive. Like, it's all good stuff. So it's Uh, like, I no longer live in a space of fear. Like I live in a space of like, I'm like excited about like every day and like the future and like what's next because now my life isn't run by fear and an eating disorder. And I accept and own the fact that like, I'm still healing. I'm still on my journey of healing. I'm not perfect. I'm not like all better. I'm probably going to carry a piece of this Forever Mm -hmm. and it's gonna have to be something I work on and I am in tune with for the rest of my life Um, And I think that's how recovery works from pretty much anything, right? Like it's not about like leave it in the past It's over It is a part of me. It's always gonna be a part of me Like it's always gonna be a conversational piece for me because it helps it's helped me in the healing to just talk about it So I'm always gonna talk about it. Mm -hmm. I'm never just gonna be like, oh, it's done. It's over now um but 1000%, I am in, even though I still would consider myself a person like healing, I'm in such a better place now than I was before I met you, like night and freaking day.
0: Incredible. I was just thinking to circle back to that video you did on the, when you signed up to work with me and Mm -hmm. when I watched it as well, I was just like, wow, like, everything is different her voice yeah her posture the light or the lack of light in her eyes like just like hunched over and so mm-hmm. doubtful and like sad mm-hmm. and everything and like literally as you say night and day it's so amazing so proud of you and um I guess to close things off what would you say to that Ashley on that when she filmed that video what would you say to her
1: Oh man, I'd say, like, baby girl, <laughs> you a bad bitch. <laughs>
0: you know, I see that all the time now.
1: No, I would say you made the right decision. Um, it's time for help, and you're getting the help you need, and that like it's only up from here. Like, this is scary and it's new, but like it's only it's only gonna go up. And I like and that's exactly what happened. Like, Breed, like I've said it a million times. But, like, you really changed my life. Like, you gave me my life back. And I think I would just say to anyone that's like contemplating, like I've, I keep using this word, but like it's 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 what I did. Like, pull the trigger and get the help. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's going to happen is something
0: positive. So true. Oh, love it uh side note you should be a motivational speaker (laughs) oh my god that is that's like the best compliment ever you are made for it honestly the whole the whole time I'm just like gripped I'm just like oh my god this is amazing (laughs) so
1: you know what the thing is it's like you're not the I've been told before that I Like I'm fun to listen to, but then I hear myself back and I hear that like Jersey accent, and I'm like, oh my god, you (laughs) literally sound like a trash bag. But no, that is like the best compliment ever. And honestly, like it, if I knew that like I just touched one person with like my story and gave them hope and gave them the hard the courage to like to try to get help, like that means more to me than anything else because like you reached out your hand and like changed my life and like I gripped on good dear life and you pulled the out of this deep deep dark hole and if I could inspire someone to let you like reach down into like their hole and grab them out like then it's worth it like I am not like I I have no problem talking about this publicly like sharing my name like I'm not ashamed like I, there's I I'm so proud of myself for getting help I I, I don't feel ashamed at all um and so like even if anyone ever wanted to reach out to me and like inquire about my experience or ask me any question like I am an open book honey so ask away
0: <laughs> absolutely that's that was really what I was about to ask what how can people reach out to you
1: so my um <laughs> my instagram tag is fit foodie ashley mm-hmm. because your girl's a foodie you know <laughs> this um you know, I love I, lo- I love food and I, I love fitness and um, I love people and I love being happy and so yes, if anyone wanted to ask more questions, DM me. Um, it's my absolute pleasure to talk to anyone about this and all I can say is like Breed is, she's the real deal and the biggest thing that I can say about you Breed is that there is nothing like getting help and empathy from someone that is actually lived through what you're going through you know like i've been to therapy i've been to doctors i but i worked with a woman to get through my restricting and binging who used to binge and restrict like you lived you lived it and it's just it was so meaningful to work with someone who like when they say like i get it like you really did like it really was your life and it's so, it's so, e- you, I've said this, you are, have such like a beautiful soul. You have, you are so compassionate and so empathetic. Like that's who you are already, but it is so easy for you to empathize with women struggling with disoriented eating because you went through it. You're literally empathizing with the old you. Yeah. And so it's a totally different type of help when you're working with someone who experienced it. It's
0: huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah totally agree oh well this chat has been amazing Uh, going back to like even the the motivational speaker usually when i share this on instagram i always like find a snippet to like give a sneak peek into the episode and the whole way through i'm like yeah yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be the part (laughs) and then you like say another problem like oh shit this is gonna be like how am i gonna choose the snippet
1: (laughs) all right here's your snippet we are bad bitches (laughs)
0: boom (laughs) Film yeah. just like that. <laughs> amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time, sharing your wisdom, sharing your energy, everything. It's been amazing to have you. So amazing to work with you. And I'm just so proud. Thank you, Breed. I love you so much. I love you too. And thank you to everyone tuning in. And that's the scoop for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and learned something new that you can start applying to your life. If you took something from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with someone in your life, change someone's day, change their mood, or even their life, be that person. I know I love it when my sister sends me podcast episodes. It just shows me that she's really thinking of me and wants to help me elevate my life alongside her. As always, feel free to DM me on Instagram at at freewithbreed. I'm always open to feedback, so let me know what you want me to speak about, what you love, what you want less of. This podcast is for you after all. Last but not least, here's how to win a one-hour, on one session with me. Enter my monthly draw by sharing this episode or any of the episodes you've enjoyed, whether it's on your stories or on a post, and just make sure to tag me at Free With Breed. Simple as that. Okay. That's it from me. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I will see you next time.